0: Are you sure what you know is real? What is true? We often tell our children that Noah preached for 120 years. Is it really in scripture? Look it up, do the math. Straight from scripture and nothing else. Now think about when and how Christendom got the 120 years. We sing of three wise men and teach our children that through song. Yet that number does not exist anywhere in scripture. Yet ask most people how many wise men visited Christ and they will use legend as scriptural truth. The Father Abraham song has no spiritual content or meaning, yet we teach our children a vapid song for pure entertainment value and try to teach them that they should choose depth in their other entertainment. Inconsistent much? How do we talk of revival when we often have so many falsehoods in our telling of truth that have yet to be addressed, treated, or just eradicated?
1: Offering information for your mind enabling transformation for your heart. Sabbath School U, a weekly dialogue exploring God's Word and its application for today's world.
0: School University. My name is Sarah Mae Cologne, and I'm your host for today. And we have a lovely panel that you should know because they were here a couple of weeks back. So if you wouldn't mind introducing yourselves, telling us a little bit about yourself, and then how do you discern good ice cream? Ooh. And go.
2: All right, well, my name is Ty Davis, and discerning good ice cream, the discernment that I have used on ice cream is that almost all of them are good. But <laughs> I, I discern it mostly with my no standards. Well, not not a whole lot, but mostly with my taste buds. Um, if it tastes good, I discern that it is good. Oh, ah, so I hope that's deep. a correct understanding of discernment.
0: Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on.
3: <laughs> uh, I'm Sarah Kotenko, and how I discern ice cream is uh, if it has chocolate in it, it's good.
0: Fair that's, enough. That's it. Chocolate it is. That's awesome. Great standards.
1: My name is Denry White, and how I discern ice cream is if it has dairy in it. Meaning, milk because I am lactose intolerant.
0: Ah. And
1: um, it might not be comfortable after. So you just
0: um, it as a no go in yeah, general.
1: Yeah. And I depend, and, and I think about how many. People I'm going to interact for the rest of the day because it may not be comfortable. For <laughs> so, have you ever been peer pressured
0: into eating ice cream? Okay. By myself. <laughs> By myself. <laughs> me, nice. myself, and I. Nice. Me. <laughs> you know, they have special kinds of ice cream now that you can get that I know. They, you know, you can get the vegan. Don't taste as no. good. <laughs> no. Okay. Well, fun, fun news everyone, dinner is lactose intolerant. <laughs> Happiness. Awesome. Well, um, Moving forward now, I think we need some good old God time. So, Sarah, if you wouldn't mind reading the scripture, and Denry, if you wouldn't mind praying.
3: All right. Our scripture is found in Psalms 119, verse uh, 159 and 160. Mm -hmm. Um, And it says, See how I love your precepts. Preserve my life, Lord, in accordance with your love. All your words are true. All your righteous laws are eternal.
1: Nice. Denry? Loving Father, we thank you for everything you have done for us, for blessing us, putting shelter above us, food on the table, taking care of us, clothes upon our back. Everything we have, Lord, we have to give thanks to you. So bless us now as we go into this study and help us to give you understanding. These things we ask in your name we pray, amen.
0: Um, so we talk about discernment uh, and that word kind of gets used in weird ways, I think. so. Can someone unpack what that word really means, discernment?
1: I'm going to attempt. It. All right, Denry, the
0: scholar with your glasses, <laughs> go.
1: <laughs> well, basically, discernment um, is to make um, proper judgment. Mm. And um, I think that's where I lack many times. And my wife has to you know, help me in that area. Because as I mentioned in the last show, 99% of the time, she's right. I think she makes better serve. I this is just my personal view. I don't think it's a theology and I don't want to unfollow me. but I think God's when He made Eve, mm-hmm. He told her some secrets. The mm-hmm. men are still trying to figure out now.
3: So, there's something
2: about it. Is this one of those myths, like the 120 years that in <laughs> <Yeah. you always laughs> the ark? I mean, right. should we put that into Genesis there? Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm trying to discern what we should do with that statement. <laughs> oh, but,
0: see, this is a good use of discernment.
2: But discernment is, is I think, making the
1: right judgment, making the right choice, mm-hmm. um, which way to go. And I think, honestly, humans we don't know. Right. So we need the Holy Spirit to guide us.
0: That's true. Very true. I think discernment, um, like you said, maybe for you, you don't you don't have the most skill at discerning. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> good. Thanks a lot. Wait. I don't know. But it's interesting because sometimes people think that they're really good at knowing which way to go or how to like come to a good conclusion or you know this is wrong and this is right, um, and then they realize rather rapidly that maybe that's not their personal yeah. gift. Um, but a lot of people have to tell them I think before they start realizing. I think oftentimes
2: other people realize that. You don't have to get to discernment before you ever have any idea. Yeah,
0: I see that. I see that. Interesting. Anyone else have any other concepts of discernment? I think a lot of times people, you know, they think
3: that they know everything about discernment. And yeah. so they, they pass on what they're thinking and what they believe to be right. Like they think that they're those natural born leaders and everyone should believe what they believe. But mm-hmm. a lot of times I think, you know, those people are wrong and they they just try to force their judgment on other people. Mm -hmm. Even if it's not judgment of that person, it's judgment Mm -hmm. about something that they're forcing on someone.
0: Hmm. Yeah, very interesting. I think it's hard to hold people accountable sometimes uh, for when they perceive themselves to be great at discerning life. Uh, (laughs) You just cheesed really big. (laughs) (laughs) All right. You're
2: speaking to me, so. Yes,
0: (laughs) maybe. (laughs) Um, so when we talk about discernment, what are, I guess, what are biblical evidences that one really knows God when we, we look at the personal life?
2: I think there's a lot of examples throughout scripture. Uh, one of the things that comes to my mind right off, though, are Jesus' words in, in Matthew chapter 22 uh, when the Pharisees come to him and they're like, hey, we're trying to solve a, a problem here. Tell us, which is the greatest commandment? They were trying to get him in some kind of a, mm-hmm. a, a bad situation here. And Jesus says something so plain, and I think that these are two commands mm-hmm. that really help us to understand if, uh, if we are doing things that show that we really know God or not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Mm-hmm. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. So I think that's one way to, to see if people really know God is mm-hmm. if they show love for God. Mm-hmm. And a big one is love for, for their brother True. or their sister or whoever around them. And and John talks a lot about that in 1 John chapter 2, for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, a, there's a lot of different mentions of that in Scripture. Mm-hmm.
0: Absolutely.
3: Absolutely. Uh, I think uh, one thing in... Uh, Micah chapter uh, 6 verse 8 it says mm-hmm. uh he has shown you O mortal what is good and what does the lord require of you to act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your god and i know it's not like a we can't literally walk with god cuz like he's not here i can't you know physically push him touch him mm-hmm. anything like that and it's just like i think when when we read this you know we think back to adam and eve how they walked with god in the, in the mm-hmm. um in the garden and you know they had a literal sense of walking with him but mm-hmm. for us now here in the mm-hmm. present it's a walking through scripture and prayer with him mm-hmm. and i know like for me personally i journal to god and so that's my way that i walk with him
0: yeah.
1: so it's really
0: cool
1: you know um in the connection the word love that ty mentions in, in the passage that he read um this is philippians chapter one uh, mm-hmm. verse nine it says this i pray That your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all discernment. You know, and that's interesting Mm. that he ties love with knowledge and discernment. Mm. And, you know, there's a passage in Hosea that people, uh, that my people purge because of lack of knowledge. Mm. And it's just, uh, it's that intimate knowledge, that relationship knowledge, that that love and knowledge that you have. You know, when you're in a relationship with someone, you kind of think alike. Mm-hmm. You know, um, my wife' um, grandparents were sixty years before um, the gra- her grandmother passed, wow. and they can almost finish each other's thoughts. You know what I'm saying? They mm-hmm. can almost finish each other's words and stuff. he knew what she wanted and all those things. And that more, that relationship you have with God, the more your 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 knowledge or your discernment or your judgment mm-hmm. is more like His. Mm-hmm. And that's what he wants that love and relationship, not that knowledge where I know God but that knowledge where I know God.
0: Right. Yeah. And I think it's interesting because we've been talking about, you know, revival. And I think we've said it several times on the show, but, you know, revival, you can tell when someone is having yeah. a true revival and it's just like flowing out of them. Mm-hmm. It's just like bubbling out. And I think you can tell when someone really knows God. Exactly. And when you read in scripture, you know, we have very compacted stories of people that knew God. Yeah. And you don't see a lot of times the parts where they didn't really know God. And so you don't know if you can ever reach the standard that maybe they've set. But I think the beautiful thing is, is that when they've like reached that standard, you can't, you can't help but note how like they're just bubbling over and how beautiful it is that they're so passionate and they're so real about it. And I think that's when, you know, you can really know someone knows God is just how they just go in general.
2: And maybe even more important than recognizing in somebody else's life if they know God is to, you know, if you do see something in their life where that that bubbling is happening, Mm -hmm. how do I apply that to my own life? Mm -hmm. You know, we're we're told uh, that who are you to judge somebody else in Mm -hmm. Romans chapter two, the the first few verses? Yeah, Romans is there again. You know, but but so when we see that, uh, instead of judging somebody, especially when when you're like, oh, that's a that's a a a fake love for God, Mm -hmm. they don't really know God. You know what am i teaching myself mm-hmm. you know what what am i learning from yeah. this this is a phrase that came up a lot in this romans class and that has Good. really changed kind of some of my thinking there you know mm-hmm. what well, what is it saying to me so i think how do how do we find that yeah. that love for god that right. that knowing god in ourselves
0: absolutely and how do we challenge each other absolutely. with that because i think so many people ask you know like oh why are you so happy or like mm. what are you know when someone's smiling or like jumping around outside people want to know why like automatically. And I think so often we set people up for failure because we don't talk about it or we don't explain why, you know, we're just like, I don't know, I feel like it, you know. So I think there's these opportunities that we have, yes, to share with other people, but to hold ourselves accountable at the same time. And, you know, you brought up the Pharisees and I, I think it's really funny because I used to always feel really sorry for the Pharisees <laughs> because I felt like they were always picked on because they were idiots. And I, I don't, You know, I realized that they were really knowledgeable and I think that that, you know, came about and so they they thought that they were infallible in some senses because they were unable to be able to be, you know, held accountable because they were the top of the line. They were the ones that knew it all. And um, so I was just wondering, what do we learn about cold formalism in Jesus' cond- like condemnation of the Pharisees when we look throughout Scripture? Well,
2: when you when you mention the Pharisees, it it immediately took my mind back to the passage that that Denry shared with us from Philippians and this mm-hmm. idea of. Uh, Knowledge and its relationship with discernment Mm -hmm. and then its relationship with love Mm -hmm. And I think that you know what you just mentioned is that the Pharisees had all this knowledge I mean Mm -hmm. they were smart guys. They knew their Old Testament like like nobody's business Mm -hmm. But they didn't have discernment in how to act that out right and I think they may have read over Micah 6 8 You know to to love people Mm -hmm. to act justly and to to walk humbly Um, One of the texts that comes to my mind Thinking of the Pharisees um, Mm -hmm. is in Isaiah Mm -hmm. uh, chapter not 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 (laughs) Romans this time, (laughs) but uh, Isaiah uh, chapter one, and in verse eleven, this is God speaking, and He's talking about the Pharisees' practice of this knowledge that they know, and Mm -hmm. He says really harsh words: "I have had enough (laughs) of burnt offerings of rams." and Mm. the fat of fed cattle. I Mm. do not delight in the blood of bulls. And he goes on about the sacrifices. Um, And and, and somewhere here, and I I don't see it right off the top of my uh, head here, but he says the words, they make me sick, Mm. you know? And he goes on, you know, the new moons, the Sabbaths, the calling of assemblies, I cannot endure iniquity. And he goes on and on and on. Mm. And then he says, and, and this is what he's asking the Pharisees to do wash yourselves make yourselves clean mm. put away the evil of your doings from before my mm. eyes cease to do evil and then micah 6 8 again learn to do good seek justice rebuke the oppressor defend the fatherless mm. plead for the widow yeah,
1: yeah. you know referring to cold formal. um word? Cold
2: formalism? Yeah.
1: That word right there. Yeah. Take my glasses off. All right. (laughs) (laughs) You know, the Pharisees were so caught up in tradition
2: Mm.
1: and the knowledge Mm -hmm. of the Messiah coming that they wanted to do everything right. Mm -hmm. And they wanted to do everything that they could, they thought could do for God. Mm -hmm. So even to the point that when Jesus would refer to himself as son of God. They would say, he's blaspheming. And they were right in their eyes because they saw this man blaspheming and saying that he is the son of God and making himself equal to God. Hmm. But they didn't know him. They didn't know him in the intimacy to realize that he's telling the truth. Mm-hmm. So yes, they were on the defensive, you know, with their cold traditional ways. I mean, this is just the, they, these are the rules that they live by. You yeah. don't blaspheme God. So they heard someone blaspheme God. So technically, they were right, mm-hmm. but they were wrong at the same time because they weren't intimately involved with Jesus to know that He w- was and is the Son of God.
0: Right, and this is a thing that people come in contact with all the time. I mean, I know. God. Oh, good. Put your glasses back on.
1: <laughs>
0: Be smart. Go for it. Um, but it's interesting because so often we we're so good at. Inhaling information and then regurgitating it back—oh, yeah. such a horrible word—onto um, like and say this is how it is without a relationship or a connectivity. And I think it's a constant yeah. growing and a constant challenging that creates good discernment because what may have been healthy discernment in the past may not necessarily be valid or up to date now. And I'm not saying like the. Basic principles are still there. Obviously, yeah. the you know the foundation is still set. But I think it's interesting that you brought out that they weren't incorrect in you know saying mm-hmm. you shouldn't blaspheme God. But it's just they didn't realize who they were actually talking to because mm-hmm. they forgot to keep the growing process. So that's very interesting.
2: I think one of the things that added on to what what Denry was saying mm-hmm. um, was that they were seeing that there were things in their own lives, the Pharisees, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. that they that they needed to to correct. Mm-hmm. But they didn't want to do that because that's tough. That's right. a lot harder than telling somebody else what they need to correct. Absolutely. And so they continued to teach, mm-hmm. and they had the knowledge. They were able to to mm-hmm. get it out their mouths, but they didn't get it down to the heart.
0: Right, and I think we all fall into that trap because Absolutely. I know I am incredibly stubborn, <laughs> and sometimes, though I will apologize rather rapidly, um, I do have a somewhat judging nature perhaps where i'll be like come on (laughs) like really you just said that you know and i get all uppity about it but it's really interesting because when when you have that connectivity with god and you you see the cold formalism you know and like what has happened in the past and then you like start trying to build on that and not fall into that trap i think that's the only time that you can really truly be raleigh raleigh raw be presented, you know, to God because yeah. that's the only time you turn yourself over the Pharisees knew it all they could quote, what, what do they say? they could mm. quote the entire Old Testament in yeah. essence, verbatim yeah. and yet they missed it and it's like, that's so much information you have in your head, but all it really took was just opening your eyes you know, and it's just like, this is ridiculous and so it's just absolutely fascinating um, and so when we talk about this what relationship, if any, is there between the miraculous and discernment
1: Cause, yeah. Well, the thing is, um, you know, it's interesting that the Pharisees, who were law-abiding citizens, you know, and and they were not completely idiots. Not all of them, you know. Nicodemus, <laughs> I think he was one of the better sure you know, one. He had more discernment because he recognized who Jesus was. Mm-hmm. Um, but they kept asking for signs, mm-hmm. and miracles. And here's Jesus doing all these miracles and all these these things. I mean, he was doing them. But they wanted more, even up to the point when they had him on the cross. They wanted him to okay, show us one more sign, do one more miracle, come down, you know. While the whole time Jesus kept telling the disciples, "I am the way," Mm -hmm. Hmm. you know, it's 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 and the funny thing, Jesus just didn't only do miracles; he preached, and he preached the truth. Mm -hmm. And so you have what I can do for you, Mm -hmm. and my words, and I think that's when you combine. discernment and the, the, want to, the want to see something proof, you put those two together and it only comes through Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, many evangelists just do miracles or claim to do miracles and people are drawn to that. Mm-hmm. But when you hear what they speak and say, it's not the truth.
0: Right, and I think the thing is, is, is the reason I thought Pharisees were not so intelligent <laughs> was because I knew the end of the story as yeah. well. So I knew, That they were wrong from the start. Like it was always, they were always set up to fail in the storytelling (laughs) that I was getting because they're like, man, so Jesus was preaching and we know Jesus is a good guy. And then these guys came up and they said incoherent blabber that was true, but Mm -hmm. out of context, you know. And it was just, you know, so we see this um, unfolding before us. And I think it's interesting that you say that because so often we look at um, ministers or leaders or people Mm -hmm. that are really good at one aspect of it, but maybe they haven't fully developed the whole healthy holistic approach perhaps (laughs) holistic approach great it's almost like it's it's kind
3: of going back to what we were talking about earlier about people knowing a lot about what they think they know Mm yeah or knowing stuff and Mm -hmm. it's almost like the pharisees like you said they could quote things but they didn't actually know what they were talking about half the time because they weren't listening they didn't know god intimately they didn't know it enough to know that God, that Jesus was the Messiah, that He was there to save them, and that you know He was doing all these miracles, but He didn't need to do more. it's just what they wanted because they knew everything,
0: right? And I and I think it's funny, and someone will have to say something intelligent after I say this. (laughs) Um, I think it's funny. This is (laughs) on you. So. The thing that I find funny is when you said that is, is I have so much weird information in my head. Um, I know Sarah has seen my bookshelves and there's just like a myriad of weird books. But the thing that's really interesting to me is actually, and I very rarely admit this, and now I'm going to admit it publicly, but I actually study, I have my MBA, and I would be the world's worst CEO. (laughs) Like, I don't care. Like, it came down to it. I was like in an accounting class. I'm like, why are there all these squares? I don't know. But the point is, is that I got great grades. I know the theory behind it. The reality of the situation is, I can read. I can read what the pieces of the paper say. Yeah. But I don't think I would ever have the heart to be a CEO, because I just—it's not in me. A business person is not me. It's not how I'm supposed to be wired or thinking. And so I just find it really funny. I have all this information, this awesome diploma. That's like, yeah. oh, you're smart. No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was pure luck, man. So it's, just, it's really interesting, you know, to think that they can have so much information and it could be the most useful information. But if they don't know how to hand it out, mm-hmm. then is it really good information to have? I don't know if that makes sense.
1: I think parents and, um, oh, yes?
0: mm-hmm.
1: parents and uh, you know, teenagers <laughs> are mm-hmm. one of the best examples mm-hmm. because a teenager may have a lot of information and they feel that, oh, you know, I know, I'm, I'm adult now, I'm grown now. But a parent has discernment. My my dad used to always say to me, um, "I know what you're going through." Or he'll say, "When I was younger, we did the same thing. Like, first of all, you're raising an island, and I'm raising a city in New York City. So that that didn't make sense to me. But it was the principles he was talking about. You know, he was mm-hmm. the principles. And mm-hmm. so in the same in the same light, having a lot of information, but don't know how to put it. You know, what to do right. with it is this confusion.
0: Right. Oh, absolutely. And I think that's when people get to hold us accountable and when people get to call, you know, almost need to call us out on that. And so that makes me think about what do our relationships with others tell us about our walk with mm-hmm. the Lord? You know, when it we have all this stuff in our head, but yeah, what do we do with that? I think it's a really our relationships with
3: others, like we can't really have genuine relationships with yeah. other people unless we have a genuine relationship with God and Absolutely. going back mm-hmm. to Micah 6 it talks about being able to walk with God and yeah. mm-hmm. know him and everything and if we can't do that with God how can we expect to do that with other people exactly. it just so it true. doesn't make any sense yeah it, uh,
1: it's crazy that, um, that you're saying that if we don't have the relationship with God you know, like I said before Jesus said I am the way mm-hmm. and John uh, chapter uh, 1 says um, he's the word mm-hmm. You know, there's many people that study the Bible, know both Hebrew and Greek, and they know it back to back. But they haven't accepted God. They haven't right. accepted Jesus as their Savior. They know it. Right. But without Jesus, without the Bible without Jesus is nothing.
0: And isn't that interesting that, like, we can almost—I have a friend who actually learned Hebrew and Greek— so he could prove the Bible was wrong in its (laughs) original language. And I was like, at first I was a little upset about it because I was like, I am here dying learning Hebrew and (laughs) Greek so I can like make the Bible come to life and you're learning it to destroy it. Uh And I was like, but at the same time, it's really fascinating because throughout that process, he started realizing more and more the depth of the Bible and how much more life and truth, you know, however you want to define that, um, is in there. And he would constantly call me and be like, man, did you know? And I'm like, man, he's teaching me now. <laughs> like, but it's interesting to see how yeah. we unfold that, you know, and how we, um, what we know should naturally go through our lives, you know, like come out of our lives as well. But.
2: As far as the idea of our, of our relationships with others and how mm-hmm. it relates to our relationship with God, I think uh, John uh, sums it up really well in First John 4, uh, 20 and 21. Mm-hmm. If someone says, I love God, and hates his brother and this is strong language <laughs> oh man he is a liar yeah there's, there's nothing truth truthful about that for he who does not love his brother whom he has seen how can he love god whom he has not seen
0: hmm. bam
2: pretty pretty powerful strong language right there you know mm-hmm. if if you say one thing but you're not showing it here on earth with the people that are right next to you you're you're full of untruth mm mm-hmm. mhm and that's, that's, that kind of talks to your heart, that's harsh.
0: It's true. And I always liked the approach, the presentation of, you know, God hates the sin, not the sinner. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people will look at it and say, well, I'm allowed to hate that person because they don't follow the God I believe in. Or I'm allowed to hate that person because they have done something bad in their life. But it's, I think we need to learn to differentiate between the person mm-hmm. and sin. And I think that God calls us to something higher than that, um, to love the people. You know, and realize that we're all broken, and we all have messes in our lives. But like that, we can, we have to look at the person yeah. and realize that sin is in everyone. Sometimes it's just more obvious in other people, and sometimes it's in ourselves, and we're sitting there judging everyone else. So yeah, absolutely. Um, we only have a couple more minutes, but what evidence, if any, can we see of false revivals going on in the world, and how can we know that they are false?
3: There's a lot of, a lot of TV shows on nowadays that are, they, they bring about, um, things, I don't know what the show's called, but it's, um, this girl, she, like, goes unconscious or something, and then she Mm -hmm. has conversations with God, and, Mm -hmm. hmm, and knows, like, she goes to heaven, knows everything about everything that's going on, and it's just, like, that doesn't make sense because it says that everyone will know god that jesus is here everyone Mm -hmm. will see him and it talks about in the bible it talks about all these um ways to know uh false false prophets and everything and it's Mm -hmm. like again going back to everyone will see him it's not like he's going to be the size of like you and me and everything Mm -hmm. like he's going to be huge and everyone's going to see him coming on his cloud to come and take us home home. so i feel like that that's a big way of knowing that right. you know other people are false because if someone hears about it over here, but not over there, then that's right. not really, not
0: really God, right? And I think it's super fascinating. We have to wrap up, but I mean, there are so many ways that the Bible tells us to be able to tell truth, yeah, um, and to be able to discern. And I think that we have to spend some serious time with that. Um, we can't just rely on hearsay and the stories from our childhood. Like We have to continue that process. So as we wrap up, I just want to really thank you guys for being on the show once more. Yay, and I hope that you have a lovely day. <laughs> <laughs> If you would like to join in the discussion, visit our Facebook page off the link on our website at www.sabbatschoolu.org. That's www.sabbatschool, the letter U.org. For Sabbath School University, I'm Sarah Mae and we will see you next week.